This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Good afternoon and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. Um, it's Friday afternoon, St. Patrick's Day, and happy St. Pat's to you all. Uh, we, it's me, Greg O'Keefe, Phil Kirkbride, and Gavin Buckland, and no Tony Scott today. Uh, but we are joined by two special guests, two uh, key members of Everton, Norway. So I can hear all you copites now, but this is the original uh, Merseyside Football Club's supporters club in Norway. I'm joined by Bjorn and Helga, and they've kindly come over. They're going to watch the whole game tomorrow. And um, hot off from JLA, they've come straight from the airport, got their tickets, and joined us for this pod. Before we find out more about Everton Norway, obviously Romelu Lukaku's contract has dominated the agenda this week. And Gav, it's something that um, we suspected when we podded earlier in the week might rumble on, and it's uh, it certainly looks like it's got some mileage in it yet, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Not just uh, this week. I think we'll hear about more of this uh, in the future. I mean couple of things that just struck me yesterday is um, we often you know criticise footballers to hide and behind corporate speaking sponsors and all that type <laughs> of stuff and it's actually you know welcome to hear the footballer actually maybe not 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 you know telling the party line as it were He's very honest. regardless about whether you agree with them or that so for that from that angle for me I think that was you know it's good and it enables discussion and it, you know it enables uh, wider issues to be to be uh, discussed as of uh, as of today, um, Wednesday, I was you know was saying about his contract. Well, I said he, you know he's entitled not to renew his contract, whatever. Um, is is things his rationale? I know we discussed this, uh, you know, in detail. Is I, I still don't agree with what he was saying on on Wednesday. On, on, on Wednesday, um, and I'm in really what Ronald said in his press conference yesterday. I thought. Uh, you know, we handled the uh, some difficult questions, a difficult situation with, with the plot. Mm. What, what elements of what Rom said don't you agree with specifically? Because he said a lot, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose the key points were. It was his ambition, wasn't yeah. it, really? I mean, if it had been Rom sitting down in front of the press, say, in December 2015, yeah. saying, saying, I don't know where the borders go, go in the direction, and yeah. this is premature, obviously. Yeah. Um, we need to be firmer in our plans, you know. You, with me, probably got a little bit more, uh, bit more sympathy. Uh-huh. Um, but since then, the, the you know the it's changed substantially, hasn't it? Everton and their ambitions, and um, for that reason alone, I didn't didn't agree with him. Um, and there was, certain, there was certain key points that I think he was missing out on. I mean, what I would say, um, we were, with that ambitious club, we want to double the money of our top striker. Yeah, well, this is it. <laughs> This is it, um, and that, that's it for me. I can only really support what Keelan was saying yesterday, but I actually quite pleased that Rom's come out as a as, an, as a supporter. That actually he's come out and actually being honest about things. Phil, you were at Cooman's presser yesterday, um, and you've written a piece on the site this morning, which just to it's not really a step away from the issue. It's kind of interlinked. You noted how supremely he controlled that press conference. How. It was a very thorny issue, probably the, the most difficult in, potentially when he walks into the room he's had. But he handled it with real consummate, I wouldn't say ease, but consummate control being issued. Mm. 
Yeah, Gav summed that up actually very well just before we started recording when he said, I think I'm paraphrasing you, Gav, but he said all of his top level, top club experience came out there. Didn't look remotely ruffled by the occasion, did he? He knew exactly how he was going to handle it. He was fully prepared. A lesser manager, a lesser experienced manager, uh, uh, a football man who had not been at the level and, and, and they're the biggest clubs in the world, like unlike he has, perhaps would have not handled it as well. Maybe they would have tried to deflect it and tried to be smart about yeah. things and, and tried to change the agenda or skirt around the issue, talk around the issue, you know. Maybe a manager of not too distant past and everything. <laughs> <laughs> He'd certainly talk around would have tried to have talked yeah. around the issue. Um, you know, and I, I, foolishly, I went in uncertain how he was going to tackle it, but within 10 seconds, and he was cracking gags, I thought. I had no reason to doubt him because Ronald's a straight talker. Always has been, and I think always will be. And the fact that he publicly criticised Lukaku for what he did told him in no uncertain terms he has to respect his contract, alluded to the potential for disciplinary action, but then equally said to the board this, you know, I'm paraphrasing again, but basically saying it's now become a distraction. It wasn't a few weeks ago. He was very comfortable and relaxed yeah. about the situation. It wasn't signed, but he was confident and he was close, etc. Now he's saying, like, sort this out once and for all, <laughs> because it's become a circus in the media. Every day there's a story about his contract and that can't stand. So... And then Ross got involved, didn't he? You probably wonders how he got dragged into it all, you know. And he, he, he told Ross in no uncertain terms where his future, uh, his future may lie. So, as I, as I wrote in the piece, he's taking no prisoners, and I think the fact that he publicly rallied against, you know, railed against Ron's assertion that the club aren't ambitious was, you know, I think resonated with with every supporter because, as he said, he wouldn't be here if they weren't. Um, and I thought that was I thought it was really important that he didn't duck anything um, and as I said you know Mashiri said it's not an issue I think Ronald really kind of went no we are in control here mm. despite what you know the, the picture may be painted otherwise yeah, there's one sort of thing that puzzles me especially some of the comments since is about when um, Ron specifically mentioned the board mm. he, said, he said the board didn't he, didn't he, he did Mishiri. say the board he, yeah. he did say Mashiri is he is he Correct me if I'm wrong. Mercedes not on the board, no, but he does not. have a representative on the yeah. board, and that's right. Is he included Mercedes in that conversation? I, think, uh, I or, would say or, so. Or, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a very intelligent man, Rob, but perhaps yeah. isn't fully aware of the nuances of the of the makeup of who actually is on the board, but who's really calling the shots. It's yeah. a different thing, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I, that, that was that, that puzzled me because you know Mercedes may not be on the board, but we didn't know he yeah. was like the sort of you know, he's leading the way at the moment, and there's all the evidence of you know, as I say, the stadium, which I think was mentioned. You know, the amount of money that's been spent in January and will be spent in the summer. And to say we're not ambitious is, is or maybe not ambitious enough for Rom, is actually I think a bit disingenuous. I would argue the case that actually, you know, in the top five leagues in Europe at the moment, is there any more ambitious club than Everton in terms of where they are and where they want to go? Well, there's the scope to go, to go the yeah, furthest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there, is there, PSG maybe? They're already a big, big <coughs> club. But, you know, if you think what they've spent in the last sort of five yeah. years, is there any mm. club in your, certainly in the Premier League, showing our ambition at the moment and setting yeah, things I mean, up? Yeah, if you, if, you, if you rewound four or five years ago, you'd say somebody like Wolfsburg would have been, but they've obviously hit 
financial yeah. problems or you know but you're really right you it, it, know and, and that's what we all need to remember is, is we are one of the few clubs around who've shown genuine ambition I know like Tottenham and Chelsea are moving to new grounds but they're, they're already reasonably sized clubs especially in Chelsea's case but we are the we're one of the only clubs willing to make showing interest and make, really making a move rather than just protecting mm. their sort of interest like you stay in the Premier League or you know every season yeah. we, we there's a genuine ambition there that I don't see in many clubs around Europe and I think we should all, all remember that, it's not, yeah. there's not loads of clubs like Everton who are knocking about at the moment who, who want to want to match us and, and I think Rom and a lot of people should should remember that fact yeah. that um, not many clubs around Europe are doing what we're doing at the moment. Well, especially when it comes to his potential suitors in the summer which is another matter but I'll, speak, I'll ask our guests about this one, um, Helga you've Obviously, like like us, watched Rom scoring 19 league goals this season. Um, tremendous form. What do you make of what he said? I don't know, actually. Um, it's true, like you said. Uh, he's, been, he's been very honest. But um, is he frustrated? Maybe the contract isn't signed. I don't know. don't know. I, I still find it funny about Everton not being ambitious enough for him as well, because... What, what, what do we want to do? What concert? So I mean, yeah. What, 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 what? I mean, like you said, we were, we were a sleeping giant, wanting to be a giant again, and we got everything sorted now to, to do it. And I can't help by disagreeing with him. That's and I agree with Ronald Koeman that that he, we are a very very ambitious club, and we we are working very very hard. Of course, there was a transfer window this summer, which is probably didn't well went as well as we wanted yeah. to. Yeah. But he's, he's right to say yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, but uh, still, I mean, Kuman said we need one more transfer window to make this club a top four club. Mm-hmm. So let's give him that. Bjorn, now let's just say for the purpose of the <laughs> of the tape, if you like, that he is sitting in a Lukaku uh, Everton jersey as we speak. <laughs> so it may not be the most uh, <laughs> the most balanced of answers. But no, seriously. Okay, you can disagree or agree with what he said, and I'll ask for your thoughts on that as well. But how do you think it's going to affect? Tomorrow afternoon, you two will be taking your seats at Goodison Park. Will there be? Will it change the atmosphere? Will the reception he gets be the same as ever? Will there be any booze? What, what do you think? The impression I get from from Twitter feeds and, uh, and uh, other media is, uh, I think uh, many many people turned a little against him after his uh, his. Uh, what, the, what the, the things he said, but but after the interview and after people, I, th- I, I think many people, uh, many fans are saying that they liked, as you said, liked that he was being honest. Uh, uh, finally, a player who, who dared to say uh, what he thought about the board and vision, <coughs> yeah. and, and he didn't say the things the, the, the best way. But I but I feel I think that uh, he, he said it because of frustration of missing. The big signings, the last two transfer windows, uh, and that's that's really what he meant. It, uh, as a, I don't, I don't, I don't think he, he he means that we're not ambitious, but we we weren't ambitious enough to get the big signings. Yeah. Uh, we missed a couple of big names. Uh, it's the pace in, in January, yeah. and uh, so I, I think. Uh, but, but my impression is that many many fans are are actually uh, very pleased with the way he came out and, and was honest and and uh, yeah. The message seems to be it's not that he was saying Everton aren't ambitious at all. It was like the pace of change, how yeah. quickly it's happening, is what frustrates him. 
he he wants to play Champions League. He wants to win things, and and and, uh, and I think maybe he, he when Moshiro came in, he thought that we already this year could could, uh, could straight uh, have a straight away, and we lost out on key players last summer and new signings in January, and I don't think things happens fast enough for him. Yeah. So. Uh, It will be very exciting to see if, if he signs a new contract or does he wait until the end of the summer to see which uh, new signings come in. If, if, we, if we buy some yeah, big yeah, names, a couple yeah. of big, uh, big names this summer, maybe that will make him sign a new contract. Or Because I, I, I can't read out of his uh, things he say that, that he wants to leave. Okay, well go on then, I'll put you on the spot. Do you think he'll be an Everton player next season? I think so. I don't think Kumar Moshir. I don't think Everton will let him go. He has two years left of his yeah. contract. I think. Uh, I think they will use the summer. It's, it's too valuable to the team. So you think Everton will hold him to his contract yeah. for another season? Yeah, if that's what it takes, I think they will. Okay. Because yeah. who, who, who are you going to replace him with? Well, that's the question, isn't it, Phil? Yeah. We, were, we were speaking earlier, weren't we? And You know, I'm sure you'll expand on this on the website later on, so we won't go too much into um, asking you to repeat what you're going to write. But in a nutshell, it's not easy replacing a striker like Romelu Lukaku, especially for a club that isn't in the Champions League. No, speaking to um, very well connected um, people inside the game who you know who tra travel frequently across Europe and watch and watch football, it's a question of supply and demand. The demand's high but the supply isn't particularly great supply of really top class strikers and the really top level strikers who Everton in a transfer fee and maybe in, in a wage structure could now afford <coughs> wouldn't look twice at Everton because they're not in the Champions League um, yeah. the qualification for the Europa League will help a little bit in, in, in attracting a certain calibre of player but the difficulty Everton have got is are these players better than Lukaku are they going to be able to fit into the system that works well now you know is there that big strong powerful goal machine that Lukaku is on his day available and willing to come to Everton and I think that's why Ronald Koeman so pointedly said respect your contract yeah it's, there's a couple of issues there the, the, the first one before picking up Phil's points about supply and demand and, and, and forwards and stuff is whose decision is it to to get rid of Rom if he doesn't want to sign a new contract is it is there a possible conflict there between what the board wants and you know Ronald said yesterday didn't he I think alluded to maybe it's not within my gift that I'll leave it to other people to decide yeah. that is there a position where actually the board stroke Machiri would say actually the best value we can get at the transfer market for Rom is this, this summer or as Ronald alluded to yesterday he thinks maybe like it's Speaking about Barclays, yeah. actually a year is on a contract yeah. left and stuff for me. Yeah. Is, is there a possible conflict where actually Ronald wants to keep him for the year based on his comments about Barclay, but the board actually would want to sell him now to maximise their... Uh, but just don't, don't forget, Mishiri did say in, in one of his longer kind of rare interviews that he, he wasn't going to be a hands-on owner. He was going to leave that to Koeman, didn't he, Phil? Yeah. My, my hunch, and you know, maybe proven wrong would be if Ronald Koeman says no Farhad I'm keeping him for another 12 months then he'll go fine yeah. because Romelu Lukaku in your team for another 12 months is a vital part of the pursuit of top four football so 
if he then goes and fires 25 league goals next season in an Everton shirt and we finish in the top four you can take the hit and sell him if you need to you still need to sell him the next season if he still wants to go alright you may get two thirds of what you would get this summer and to be honest is Farhad really bothered about losing out if if you can get a, another season out of a player that sends Everton in the correct direction yeah I mean it'd be interesting to see uh, lads from Norway on this what they think is there's a real danger here though in the last week that we've, we've sort of associated our future progress is all associated with just having Rom in the team well actually he scored 20 goals already by the end of March actually the seventh in mm. the table but I think picking up on Phil's point is I mean, to progress we need to do a lot more than just have Rom or yeah, the replacement yeah, yeah, yeah. don't we Phil it's like you know we're talking about having 25 goals like, which is great which will get us some other way there but we need to reinforce them elsewhere and, and the important thing is is I think one of, the, one of the things this week is that we're too wound up in just associating our future success and progress around having Rom yeah. but it's actually having four or five or six other players yeah. in the team that we need to buy and uh, we need to remember that don't we is that where the whole Rooney stuff comes in doesn't it yeah, because before this all kicked off it was quite clear that Wayne Rooney's on the agenda for the summer yeah. so that's, I suppose like, that's like it all you know when centre you know, need a new another centre half or two centre halves possibly a goalkeeper you know there's a whole there's a whole you know number of, of positions that we need to, to look at for us to progress into the top mm. four and meet Rom's demands it doesn't just depend on Rom yeah. and I'd be interested to see what <coughs> you think about about that, you know. Well, I can definitely, I can see a situation whereby they decide to keep him for one more season. Yeah. He wants to go. He lets them know that, but they they bring in quality signings, and this is a leap of faith based on the last summer window. But let's give them the benefit of the doubt. A year bedded in, they bring in big quality signings, and he says, "All right, I'll knuckle down one more season, see where it takes us." You never know. Okay, this is glass half full as it's Paddy's day. Might be in the mm-hmm. Champions League next, this you know, or on course for a top four finish this time next year. Might change the uh, the nature of this debate entirely. But guys, as Gav said, what, what do you make of that? Are we are we too obsessed with Rob? We might be at times, yeah. I think so. Um, we need to change uh, the whole player player group uh, and in many positions. But we might at times be too obsessed with them. Yeah. Do you think? You know, like that like Gav hinted that, um, and the lad said Rooney, for example. We were speaking earlier when we hearing about Rooney. He comes in caliber players of that caliber. Does that really, I guess, like I said, maybe give him pause for thought, or you know, does it does it in fact enable Everton in more than just one position? So, because as Gav said, we, we're seventh. Yeah, we've got one of the best young strikers in Europe, but he ain't fired us into the top four yet. I, I I think uh, as you said also I think uh, I think no matter what keeping one more keep keep Lukaku one more year <coughs> get new signings big names this summer and and uh, and if he uh, shoots us to top four next season maybe it's a win win situation we we get into the top four and he stays uh, mm-hmm. and signs a new contract next spring um, and uh, I, I think they have to. Try to get the big names. Uh, I, uh, we talked about, uh, as you said earlier, about Rooney. Uh, maybe not at the peak of his uh, mm. football career now, but but I think that the, the uh, yeah, also bringing him home will mean a lot. Uh, not, not just uh, the sports-wise, but uh, and also yeah. the, the, the off the pitch with the young players. Imagine what they can 
learn out of Wayne Rooney. It, yeah. it, it's the winning mentality, the, the, price on that, yeah, the ambition. Yeah. Well, just his own his own CV is staggering. If you, if you you know got him in a, a photograph him in a room with the trophies he's won, it would mm-hmm. be some picture. You know what I mean? He has pretty much won it all in club. Yeah. In club honours, hasn't he? Yeah. And as you say, that can't fail to rub off on the young players around Everton. Who would have grown up watching him in his prime anyway? Tom Davis yeah. probably looks at Wayne Rooney and probably used to go pick him on FIFA. Yeah. So yeah, there's certainly uh, some some arguments to be said for that. And imagine what him and Lukaku and maybe another forward thinking player, what havoc they could wreak on yeah. the Premier League defence for next season. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll speak about Hull, and I'll keep it with you guys as well for the time being. Let's move on a little bit from Lukaku. If we thought last weekend against West Brom was must-win because West Brom were, were hot on our coattails, the game taught us that really there's a big gulf in class, I think, with no disrespect to West Brom. Everton are much further ahead. Um, is Hull a banana skin then? Because it would be easy to take our eye off the ball and think, fighting for their lives, no Umar the ass, he can't play. <laughs> so, you know... It's got to be that Everton start with the same intensity that they brought under Koeman to every, well, most home game, isn't it? You can't afford for a second to, to relax. No, you can't. I mean, this is... Uh, we need to perform against every team. Uh, and we have struggled against lower placed teams at the, in the league. Uh, a little, little bit like another team in the city as well. <laughs> he only play good against the good ones and, and not... You can't get up there mm. against the, the the more bad placed teams. But the game against against West Brom last week was a bit frustrating as well because you can see they were only defending yeah. from the first kick on the ball. And I thought, ooh, this is the kind of sort of games that we are not good at yeah. at all. Mm. And then we got one goal and it boom, boom. Yeah, they get, they got that. So it can be the same type of game. Um, Obviously, the, the top scorer, yeah. Nias, is not playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, but, uh, but, the, but the difference is that I, th- I, I think we have changed. We, we win these games now. Yeah. yeah. Last year, two years ago, we we drew those or lost it in the last uh, half of the game. I think from from January yeah. until now, we win all those types of I games. Even we already the see what the new signings uh, means for the club. Yeah. I mean, Morgan Schneiderlin. Why on earth did Man United sell him? Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I, know. I don't, just don't understand it, but I'm thankful, yeah. obviously. But I'm talking about signings as well. That's yeah. the kind of class signings we need. Yeah, definitely. I had a conversation with a, a blue of uh, an older vintage yesterday, actually, and he was saying to me that, uh, and it wasn't Gav. I was just about to say when he said older vintage, then he looked immediately at me, which is slightly disconcerting. No, I, I'll finish. <laughs> And uh, he's in the 70s. This oh, is he? Oh, I've not, a good I've egg not as well. Yeah, yeah. Huey Jennings. He won't be listening. But um, anyway, the point, <laughs> be, the point being was he said, We've got a cracker there, lads. Morgan Schneiderlin, absolutely what we needed. Reminds me of Tony Kay. Now, I said, Man, I was surprised by that because obviously I haven't watched him play. I've heard people say very good things about him, but sadly for, for Kay, the way his career ended abruptly. Oh, in the history books, overshadows that. Yeah, I know you're too young to watch them play as well. Yeah, but just both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But interesting to see that comparison. Like, Huey was assuring me, K in his prime before that it all went wrong was absolutely top class. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one. 
uh, yeah, I think Tony's probably a little bit more creative, I think, than, than Schneiderlin, to be honest with you. Well, you said uh, not Schneiderlin there? Go no, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, because <laughs> people play different roles, don't they, in, in football? And I think um, they're all okay players was probably in a different formation well, he, he was a little bit more creative forward, but that's right that's why he was brought in 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 62 <coughs> uh, to add a bit more creativity than uh, brian harris um so um but tony k was top top class at that time in terms of club football um and hopefully schneiderlin will, will, will do do the same for, for everton the, the one thing i got from last week and it's picking up on on the points the lads just mentioned there is and it's, it's strangely picking up on Rom's point is is comparing the West Brom game to the Tottenham game yeah. is in the future we won't be judged by our performances against West Brom we'll, and the West Broms of this world with all due respect we'll be judging the Tottenham, players and the yeah. team against the Tottenham's of this world because we think that we belong to that group and if we want to get into that group that's you judge the capability of the players how they play in those games not against how they play against West Brom and whoever yeah, even holds their right yeah. and that's the one thing I learned from learned from last week is that that's you know great that we play as well, but in future it's how we play in the big games that's going to make up great exactly. But it just teaches us, doesn't it, that we're exactly at the moment where we should be. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say we're just yeah. we're just so much better than the teams below seven, but, but not really. Yes. Barring a really good result against City, which you know. I don't think it was a fluke and people maybe outside would speculate that but City clearly have got weaknesses defensively when you get in amongst them brilliant when you let them have the ball and stuff and yeah okay some world class players but you needed to see it against you know when Chelsea comes to Goodison Park you know Stamford Bridge we all know and, and uh, Rue that afternoon I think I think Old Trafford when we go there on April the 4th yeah. and maybe a little bit more of a clearer gauge to know how how close we are, you know. If if we're quite a sizable difference away from Spurs, who are second, I suppose, second or third, say, what are we on sixth? You know that you know, the Derby and United will be a, a better yeah. gauge of. We know we're well ahead of eighth, so how, but how close are we to fifth or sixth? Is it is the gap as big as it was to Spurs in, in second or third? Yeah, I mean, dare I say it's a bit like under Moises' peak years where we were fifth. Where actually, if you look at the points gap, then to say sixth or seventh in the table, I think one year it was it was uh, sixteen points. I think in uh, 08 09 I think. Yeah. I think we were we were fifth with sixty five. I think uh, Portsmouth was seventh with forty nine. Something Villa was sixth, and I think you can see something like that maybe happening this season, Carney, where we're actually closer to the top seven, the top six, sorry, and then there's an enormous gap to say ninth. Yeah. Um, hopefully, and that, that's the important thing. What I said at the start of the season is, I want us to be seen as bottom of the top seven, rather than best of the rest. Yeah. If yeah. you know what I mean, being regarded as the top seven, I think just to, not necessarily like sort of like finishing sixth, but just being part of a group of a top seven elite. I think that's what I want us to be seeing at the end of the season. Mm, definitely. Well, I mean, you mentioned the derby there, Phil, and um, you know we have to obviously share a city with them. But spare the thought for Bjorn and Helge, we have to share the country with Liverpool supporters as well. Um, lads, Everton, Norway, a proud group, and probably one that has to put up with, you know, as I've hinted there, the presence of another sizable group in your country. But joking aside, guys, tell us a little bit about how Everton, Norway came about. Uh, it's a guy called uh, Jan Roger Henriksen, which uh, started the whole thing back in 1986. Okay. Uh, so this is our 30th anniversary this season. 
and that's why we're having this uh, anniversary trip as well, of course. Um, uh, I don't know too much about the detailed history, to be honest with you. I know he got, uh, when he founded the Supporters Club, he, he uh, got a lot of help from the Everton London uh, Supporters yeah. Club. Uh, and he went over to see them and, and, and uh, obviously traveled to a lot of games with them. Uh, he's be, he'll be joining us tomorrow in the uh, in the uh, banquet after the game, mm. and uh, he'll, I'm sure he'll be telling us uh, loads of stories. But uh, we have, in my ten years, uh, in, in as a leader in this this supporters club, I've, we've been slowly but progressing every year. We try to to get a little bit more members every year because there are, believe it or not, a huge number of Everton fans in Norway, but not all of them knows about us yet okay so they uh, they're sitting in their dark corner thinking they're all by themselves <laughs> <laughs> but surrounded by the little good so it's uh, it's um, slowing growing growing every year now and we I think we have somewhere between 650 and 700 members okay. wow so it's quite good good it's not as good as we want to but like with the with the first team it's, it's <laughs> the scope for growth. Yes, with the transfer window, you'll have loads more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bjorn, you, I mean, what's, what's your Everton story? You know, how did you become an Everton supporter? I think uh, mid mid eighties uh, when uh, Norwegian, the only Norwegian TV channel uh, in the eighties, uh, they were sending Tippetampen, uh, the one football game every Saturday at uh, three o'clock. And uh, in the 80s, it was uh, Everton or Liverpool. And uh, all my friends uh, was Liverpool supporters, so I chose to be I'm born not manufactured. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, clearly that era was, was a definitive era for the yeah. club. When it moved into the 90s, was it harder to sustain that passion? <laughs> it was much harder, but um, but at the same time, uh, uh, then I was so um, big enough to go uh, go on trips and, uh, and see the games. Yeah. In the 80s, I was just watching the TV, but uh, in the 90s, I started uh, going to home games. Yeah. What was your first game? Can you remember at Goodison? Uh, I think it was Tottenham, home in in uh, 94, 95, right. something. Yeah. Oh, good season. Yeah. Good sign. How about you? Mine was first game was actually I, I was late. <laughs> uh, Two thousand seven. Yeah. Against Arsenal at Goodison. Nice. And the Johnson one. Oh, oh last right. minute. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, four meters behind the goal. Oh, oh nice. very nice. Yeah, I just supposed to say, hope he didn't leave, leave early. You know, yeah. No, uh, I was like, I think there was there was an overtime goal as well. Yeah, well, I was, I was, I was thinking like of oh, passing the 90 minutes. Oh, Jesus, 23 years of supporting Everton, <laughs> finally dragging myself to goodness. <laughs> and he got a nil nil draw. And then he got a corner kick, and obviously the goal came. Brilliant. And then outrageous weather. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> so, how much is, is Everton part of your daily lives? Because, you know, we, maybe we take it for granted because we live in Liverpool and it's. You know, you can't avoid it when you live here. But I guess, in a way, it requires more, in some ways, more commitment to to follow the club so passionately when you're in a different country with your own Premier League. You know, all that. It's not an environmental thing for you, is it? No. Uh, I mean, I. Uh, he will kill me for this, but I I don't support any team in the Norwegian Premiership because. <laughs> it's Bjorn's like, looking at you here. It's is like it? watching Sunday League, basically. Right. 
no, I, I don't. I have a, I have a local team in in who's play in uh, the Norwegian what's that league too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as you grow, you the English football is, is the English football interest in Norway is outrageous. You will be surprised. Really? Yeah. Luton Town has over 120 members and they have supporters club in Norway. Uh, so, so the interest for English football in Norway is is, is <coughs> extreme. Mm. Yeah, Liverpool uh, and United both have uh, close to fifty thousand members. Uh, wow! Each seven and eight people working in 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 supporters club full time. Full time? Yeah. yeah. Wow! So it's it's big. <laughs> so no, big. English football in Norway is 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 bigger than many of you probably think. Yeah. Uh, but as, as I grow older, I mean, I follow my local team, of course, but. Yeah. Slightly turned to the English side yeah. of things, yeah. and, and it is easy it's now to follow because it, yeah. now you have the, you have the social media, you have the the internet and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I remember back in the days, I, we, I got an old radio from my, my uncle. Uh, you can turn on the AM and find these <laughs> yeah. 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 and every yeah. seventh minute there was a, uh, like a, a thirty second gap because you couldn't get a signal. <laughs> 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 so we're listening to that. Oh, then you get one, and oh, Everton have conceded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. and come back and oh, yeah, okay. yeah. When was last time Everton played in Norway? It was Van Bergen, I think we were saying, wasn't it? The Everton ladies played after, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking. I was talking about formations there, talking with the sixties and, and Tony Kay is uh, we won the title in '63, we won the title in '70. In them seven years, Harry Cassock changed the formation of the team, and he first changed the formation of the team in Norway. In the, in the pre-season friendly in, in 65 so the ball Harvey Kendall thing which mm. that formation that wasn't there in 63 he changed it to 17 he first changed in the game in the pre-season friendly in Norway and I was like yeah. in, uh, in 1965 so it, it's quite a, so it's a golden era so exclusive it was, it, it, yeah. it was born in Oslo the tactical blueprint for, for the yeah. 70 triumph started in Oslo yeah. in 1965 and he played a, a, a group of teams from Oslo it was like Lynn Oslo then and I think there was a, yeah. a couple of others he had uh, actually yeah. one of the guys in the in the board of the Norwegian Sports Club has the original programme from <laughs> the Everton uh, Wallinger game oh yeah I said I didn't say that right though before the, I said them for as I called them didn't yeah. I rather it depends on where in Norway you're from yeah okay and also it's just Wollinger yeah. yeah and Eichel Olsen played for the, I don't know whatever it's called yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah see I'm not going to be a natural for the Oslo podcast here I'm <laughs> <not playing today. laughs> so just quickly guys obviously you've got your dinner tomorrow it's at the Winslow yep. yeah and how many have made the trip 140 decent that's how you are so um, we're, we're, we're uh, tonight we have a uh, huge gathering tonight as well huge gathering at Beer Keller uh, with uh, Everton USA, uh, Irish Toffee, Everton Greece, and Everton Belgium. Could be lively. So uh, it's 250, 300 uh, Evertonians yeah. uh, tonight. But don't forget, kick off three o'clock. Yeah. So you've got to set your alarms for at least two o'clock. Have a great night. Um, yeah, it's it's predictions time. I think we're just getting to uh, to the point where I might put Gav on the spot first. Yeah, just one second. No, but before actually it. No, I'll contradict myself. Before we get to predictions, a little bit tactically on tomorrow, how do you think Evan are going to try and try and play? Because a whole of fight for the lives, aren't they? And they've certainly shown improvements under Marco Silva. You, you know what? Going back to what I was saying before, and what Phil was saying about gaps and that, I don't think 
at this moment in time, when we play tactically against some of the teams below, really makes it a lot of difference. I think we just got to go out and play the game. Oh, the arrogance of Buckland. Well, well, I'm just saying, I don't think. Got ambition, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, ambition. You know, listen to no me, team no. talk today, lads. Yeah, no, yeah. But you know, you know, you know what I'm saying is, it's a case really. of saying, look at our squad, look at their squad. Listen, lads, just go out and perform. I mean, we, we should. Yeah, don't do any yeah. stupid. Do what we did last week. You know, against. I thought we were great against West Brom last week. You know where. Uh, their, their um, corner kicks and free kicks and yeah. stuff like that. It obviously looks like some work had gone on yeah, there yeah. to, to yeah. defending them. Do your basics right. You know, hopefully Rom will be playing. Get the ball, you know, to Rom or whatever. And uh, you know, we shouldn't have any problems. And so, I would say a similar tactical formation to to last week. I haven't. Sorry, I haven't seen Hull live since the game in December. By all accounts. They're pretty dangerous on the counter attack. They, they, they bought in that Grzycki from Poland, who's really quick. Um, it well, sounds like ma- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they had a look at him in the summer, but uh. they said his end product wasn't good enough, so he got the hole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of somebody else. Keep yeah. <laughs> um, two goals. It does sound like Marco Silva in, in that horribly cliche phrase that football likes to use. Make, he's got them playing. Yeah, you know they're not hoofing it long and playing second balls. It looks like he. They're, they're trying, they play play their way out of trouble. So, but I would say the counter attack from Hull will be the biggest threat. But as Gav says, Everton dominated the football on, yeah. against West Brom. They dominated the game. Um, so there's no other re- no reason why that can't be the same outcome. Gav, Rom's not going to get booed tomorrow, is he? Um, good question. Um, Ask Gav if he's going to boo. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, Too what, busy I, on the prawn sandwiches. Yeah, they absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Um, I don't think he will. I don't. Have, I don't oh, think he will. I don't, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think going back to what uh, the lad said there, you know, but maybe voiced maybe a bit clumsily. You know what? Quite a few supporters think rightly or wrongly. So on that basis, you know, um, perhaps not. And do people forget about it within 60 seconds of the start? You focus on the yep. game and ends up, yeah. You know, and that's the way it should be. Keeman uh, says yesterday I had no problem with him, I think, his, his attitude and yep. so on and so forth. So if he, he, as long as it doesn't affect them, and I've got no problem with, you know, it doesn't need to be booed. Goodison, the most gloriously contrary place on earth. There might be a few boos, but I bet he gets allowed to cheer anyone else tomorrow. Do you reckon? Just, it wouldn't yeah, surprise that's me. That's fine, I'm not got a problem with that, you yeah. know. Um, and. I think the, the important thing is, and there's a cliche time again, is, is it's a 90 minute game of football and. He know, scores a hat trick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, as I say, bigger bigger names than Ron Lukaku have tried to leave Everton more likely than what he has, as you believe, and uh, Lord of the good, good some legends, so. You know, that, that's, uh, we've been here before. We've been here before, you know. Definitely. Well, we've been here before, predictions, and not often right. But So I'll give you time to think of yours, and I'll go with the lads first. Bjorn, putting you on the spot. Prediction for tomorrow? 3 1. Everton. Yeah? Okay. Do you want to put a goal scorer into the mix there as well? Very quick. Made our last one, Luca, could you? Very nice. I like it. See, that's how you do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe a cheeky one, though. Victor? Only one now. Yeah. Oh, okay. A bit of credit for Silver's backline. Can be a tough team to meet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They've done okay recently, uh, and uh, as I said before, we we, we mm, sometimes may struggle against these teams. So I go for one now. Yeah, um, I reckon it'll be two nil, um, and I think it probably it will be harder again at first, but uh, 
the, our quality will assert itself as it goes on. Gab? Yeah, yeah, I'll go with uh, I'll go with two. And I was just thinking because of course he's not here, got, we've got nobody to contradict each other, you know what I mean? No, no, like, yeah, so uh, yeah. I'll go with two now. Phil, go on, um, argue with us. No, two one. I, I, I think all will score though. I think they've got to. There'll be a point in the game where they've got to be ambitious, and they've got to. Unlike West Brom, they'll have a go. They've got to, haven't they? Because <clears throat> you know, they're not, I can't see them holding out Everton for ninety minutes. Everton will score, and there'll come a point where they've got to break out and try and get something out of the game because you know. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of big games. I think isn't there the bottom on Saturday? I wish they are. Yeah, I'm sure there is. So. Um, you know, anything they can get is uh, is a bonus. I, I, the one one final thing I'd say about tomorrow, though, I don't think it's about before the game; it's afterwards. Everton play poorly tomorrow, and draw, or they like say even get beat. Do you think people might have a different, yeah, different view of the the events over the over the last week? Is it blame Lukaku? <laughs> I hope he doesn't have a stinker that's yeah you know what I mean it's just that goes back to the contrary nature of, of people aren't fully justified in doing that I'm just wondering it's important for us to play well tomorrow for that reason alone yeah. but it was, it was the same in January the success or failure of the January transfer window was, was twofold it was the players we didn't didn't bring in or the business we wanted to do and the results it's always the way yeah. if you went through in the summer and we won all the games playing brilliantly Oh, but we've missed out on Gabby Dean. It doesn't matter, lads. We're brilliant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the way. And I just think there's the, it's important for us to play well tomorrow for that for that reason. I think for the general well-being of the of the club. I think <laughs> general, general well-being. Yeah, and general well-being <laughs> of everyone. Yeah, indeed. Well, um, a good part, lads. By the way, I've just had a little. Are this is going on and on. Premonition here. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. You know he's due a goal, and it'll give us lazy journalists, tabloid headline writers, an easy one. Seamus Coleman. I think he's due one tomorrow. So I'm going to. I'm Robbins is due one more than him. I'm going to be as specific as Bjorn and say that Coleman will score one and Lukaku will get the other. There you go. Anyway, if you back my tips on anything, you've obviously got worse problems. Let's uh, let's thank the lads for coming in. Really appreciated you being here. Good luck tomorrow. Enjoy it. Thanks, Thanks. for having us. And have a good one tonight as well. We will. And we'll be back next week. Thanks very much. <laughs>